Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine evening, brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing, episode 180. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Because it is amazing. Thank you, Jordan <laughs> Bailey, for being here. Absolutely. Woohoo! I am your host, Brian Pierce. This is Jordan Bailey. We're on the couch at Sea Time in Texas, ready to talk off road racing with you guys. Somebody on the other line, one of our co hosts of around the internet, is just tapping on his desk. What a son of a bitch. <laughs> so, Sea Time brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing. You can learn more about what they have to offer you as an off road enthusiast at flyracing.com. I say some of their gear is the most badass out there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that boa constrictor. That's what I'm going to call it, because it makes me look thin. Ring, ring, ring. I'm like, guys, did you see how tight I made it? Mm. There's a reason you're not on there. Like, Micro adjust. Shut up. I'm going to be in the catalog one day. It's going to happen. Everybody has to have dreams. Absolutely. Why not? Dale hates me. Yeah. That's okay. Of course, uh, Kinda Tire USA. You can check those guys out at kindatire.com for their sticky rubber goodness. Uh, I would like to show you my durometers and all that they can do for you, because that's what they use on their tires, not anything in their pants. That would be weird. <laughs> Stillwellperformance.com for all your off-road suspension. So the guys over at Stillwell Performance, like Alan and all their little dudes, they do some wicked cool stuff with that kind of suspension, especially if you're into some of the more technical stuff. Like, I did really well at the TKO. I was impressed by how well it worked for me on my 350, 2015 350XE. Four-stroke. It was awesome. So thank you to the support for those guys. Of course, we are Seat Time. You can find us at SeatTime.co. We're on Facebook. We're on all that kinds of stuff. You could uh, find all the archive stuff on the site, but of course, iTunes and Stitcher is a good way if you're audio only. We do have a chat room, tlk.io slash SeatTime, but of course, it should be on the site too. We can only hope. Maybe it's turned off. I forgot to turn it on. We'll see. So Selfie.com, S-E-L-L-F-Y.com. We have our TKO long footage up there. The URL will be in the show notes. Check that out, please. $1.99. If you share that link before you purchase it and then go back, it's only $1.59. Nice. So social way to get yourself a little bit of a discount. And reviews. I have one review to read. But first, I'm going to introduce our <laughs> guests before I do so. And the reason I want to introduce them first is because I want to give them a chance to comment on the review that we have from iTunes. So we have Eric Kudla and Jason Hooper. Jason, we'll start with you because you're on the East Coast. How's your evening going? Oh, it's going terrific, man. Can't complain. Glad yeah. to be here two weeks in a row. This is this is unreal. Like, <laughs> Magic has happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't. Eric Kula, you're on the West Coast, my man. It's way too early to be having a good time over there. We're gonna do it anyway. What's happening? Oh, no. He's like, oh. Um, and, and is it working? I mean, now, now not really. Fuck it. This was such a bad idea. Why does Google Hangouts work so much better for this? What's the problem here? Oh, well, Jason's got his beer and he's emptying it, so that's the way to do it. All right, Stephen, well, I'm going to leave it to you to figure this out. Because it's called Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, so, Jason, you've got a little bit more awesomeness with the signal, so we'll see how this goes. So this was our review. We got a three-star review from Gerky123. The title of his review was OK. 
And it goes, good guest, host is annoying, and I'm embarrassed for the guest at their times of awkward silence he creates. Glad someone is trying to promote off-road, however. I mean, that's a good three-star rating, I feel like the subject, or whatever the title was, is like, spot on with the review. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely (laughs) backs that up. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it's like, ah, well, you know, I really don't want to like the guy. It's kind of like he's trying. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad that he tries, but gosh, I wish he'd stop. No, I mean, yeah, what, sounds about right, doesn't yeah. it? What, what could you do? I'm just glad somebody gave us a review, to be honest. So, if Gerky123 still listens to the show for putting this review out there, definitely reach out to us. I'm going to do is send you a couple koozies for putting a review up there. And I'm going to do the same thing for the next couple of weeks. So, if you do listen to the podcast or audio version, definitely uh, hit us up with a review. And we're going to keep checking before. And if they show up and we notice them, that's a big thing. They got to be there. We got to find them. Uh, we're going to definitely find the best one, read them during the show, and we're going to make it happen. So, ISDE just ended. Holy crap, what an interesting week. Jason Hooper and I, unfortunately, jinx about half the field um, <laughs> Yeah, with our yeah, amazing fact. conversation last week, which sucked. Um, but hey, uh, you know, what can you do? Ryan Sipes wins overall the 90th, you know, ISDE, first American to do so. I think we could all probably have a minimum five to six minute discussion, you know, you know, outright talk about that in itself. But before we do kind of get into that, I was going to kind of say, like, it, it sucks that KR, that Caleb Russell wound up kind of going out the way he did. Now, it sounds like the, the second day, which was that Tuesday, which when Hoop and I talked last week, is actually a day that he had hurt his knee. Um, and we didn't know that. Hoop might have known that, but I didn't know that going in. Um, and, and so kind of going into that third day when he, you know, was did kind of have to exit stage right, he hurt his knee again, had his bike flip on him and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Um, so, I mean, that sucks in itself. I mean, have we heard anything about how he's doing? Is he going to be at Unadilla? Like, is there any kind of talks there? Yeah, I talked to Caleb yesterday. Um, he's going to race Unadilla. So, I know the whole prognosis, but I'm not 100% sure it's if I was supposed to share it or not. Oh, no. So, I won't. But he's, but he's racing. So, that's I know that. So, that's good. And his plan is, if everything goes well, to race um, National Enduros, too. Right on. Yeah, because we've got I mean, this weekend he, and then back-to-back to the Black yeah. Hole, right? Yeah. So the thing is, with the GNCCs, he's pretty much got it locked up already. I mean, he's got a 104-point lead or something like that on Grant Baylor, and Thad's in second. Thad could win out, Caleb not race, and Caleb would still win the championship. So... Grant would have to win like three rounds or something. I don't know. It's like basically if Caleb scores like 10, 12 points or something like that, it's in Unadilla, he'll wrap up. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, he's got a huge lead. That's wicked. And then I think, yeah, then in the Enduros, he said that uh, if Bobbitt wins out, he could go 8 8 and still, and Caleb would still win the championship. So, man, dude, that's, so. that's what, uh, being a consistent winner does for you. When are we going to be that awesome? Hey. Um, I'm not waiting. <laughs> she has a better shot than any of us, probably. But yeah, yeah. neither of us. <laughs> <laughs> I would completely agree. It's quite unfortunate. Not unfortunate for her. Unfortunate for for Y'all myself are too and, kind. <laughs> and uh, older gentlemen like us, Mister Hooper. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's kind of interesting too because we, you know, we saw some mishaps um, on different sides of. 
all kinds of stuff happened after we talked. But before we talked, uh, last Tuesday before the show, it was like, man, it was really, really looking good. But then, of course, a lot of things happened from there. We saw Caleb Russell go out. Um, Lane Michael did go out on that first day with his wrist. And then we saw Thad Duvall later on with the trophy team go out. Uh, and then, of course, Nick Davis had issues with his bike blowing up, I believe, on the fourth day. Uh, it really strangely was a mechanical nightmare for a lot of Team USA. I think we had more guys go out with bike failures this year than we did last year in Argentina, where we had all that, was Crazy it the swish swish or the swag swag? What was the? The fish know, fish. Sorry. The fish fish? Fish fish. fish, fish. fish, yeah, fish, fish. fish. yeah, yeah. Like, whoa. So, I mean, so Eric, to that point, you know, like, what have you? What are your thoughts kind of on, on some of the, the mechanicals that we saw, you know, and, and it wasn't all rookies to racing six days you know you could say maybe oh they're going too hot they wrecked their bike too many times all that kinds of stuff but yeah i mean so what, what were your kind of takes on some of the mechanicals that we were seeing um you know i am i'm not i don't really know is it working right now oh yeah can you guys we, hear we can hear oh, you sweet. you sound Perfect. sexy we don't know what you look awesome. like but you sound good, awesome good. i just hooked my thing back up but um you know i think it was just it was just you know um luck kind of thing because with the fesh fesh last year a lot of people DNF, just not a ton of us, but a lot of, you know, it actually benefited us last year um, to have so many people DNF. But this year it was just not our year and it was just enough people from each team to take all our steam away and that was it. Kind of sucked. Right. Yes. 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 Correct. Yeah. Well, Thad, Thad's bike was like a stator or something, wasn't right. it? So that's yeah. just like total, that's just completely random. That's yeah. not a... I, I yeah. think they said Nick Davis sucked dirt or something like that, which is still pretty random. But, you know, he hit his first ever six days, so I know he probably freaked out during one of his work periods and rushed putting a filter on or something like that, which is kind of, I guess that's understandable, right? But, yeah, the fat, fads it was just so freaky, like just random. Isn't, is that the same thing that happened to Osborne last year? Because Osborne went out the first day, remember? Yeah, he did. I don't remember. I know he went out the first day, and it was like in the first like or second test too. It was like yeah, something. I think it was something random like that. Yeah, like similar to that kind yeah. of thing. Gremlin. Yeah, and it happened. It happened to Thad uh, twice. He fixed it, and then it happened again. So uh, that you know, it was not a good thing. And that actually used to happen to Nick Burson all the time. And to win it on his beta, or no, it might have been the Husky when he was on the Husky a long time ago, and he would just carry a stator with him and <laughs> change it. And just the tools to change a stator. And that's actually how he won the USDR championship the last year. Was he on the last one? He just had to finish. So he carried a stator and the tools to change it. And he blew the stator and fixed it. That's so, crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> who, knows, who knows if that's going to happen, especially in a six-day event? Yeah. Well, you know Thad's coming prepared next year. Yeah. Six staters. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's Yes. Sorry, I was yeah. uh, trying to get in touch with Mr. Ryan Sipes at the same time. I was like, cool, Jordan's going to talk, I'm going to type, and then she stopped. I was like, oh, like uh, I'm going to oh. try to catch back up really quick. Yeah, um, it, 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 what was crazy, too, about how being enthused about this uh, International Six Day Enduro for myself was how epic this battle was between Ryan Sipes and Daniel Milner, yet it wasn't an, a head-to-head fight you know like you you like for myself i guess i get it like i'm an enduro racer that's what i grew up doing like you it's the time-based fight yeah um more so than the you know than the rubbing elbows in the same corners kind of a fight and so it's interesting that that we were so enthralled to this to this battle yet it really wasn't a battle that was like <laughs> a head-to-head 
Um, I, I think that's so interesting. Like the uh, hoop. I mean, how do you how do you think about that? Like that that we could get so amped up where we're like not watching guys race each other physically. We're just watching them race the clock and then see how it pans out. And them being what hundreds of a second apart sometimes, like ridiculous. I just, I just, I love it about that format. I think that's what's so cool, and that's why I dig like with my sprint races and stuff. You know, it's like just I think it shows how fast these guys are going and how close they are to pushing like the absolute limits of what you can do on a motorcycle when they get that close. You know what I mean? Like it's just showing that you can only go so fast, and these guys are really, really close to that edge. So I, I think it's pretty cool because like I mean, you wouldn't be able to go that fast if you were racing head to head because you'd be trying to take lines that keep somebody from passing you or try and make passes, stuff like that. So yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty neat, man. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the same way. Now I noticed we're seeing a, a little dial tone with, uh, Eric is Eric, Eric, are you can on you audio? There we go. At least we got yeah, your yeah, audio. You no, oh, yeah. I was going to, I was going to say about the time format, which was really interesting is, um, Katie Sutherland, which I, is that, I think that's Gary's mom, correct? Yes, I believe so. She was, she was relaying to me a bunch about the race and she's like, why is Gary doing so bad? He's in, he's in like 80th. Well, he was only 30 seconds off the lead or something where <laughs> the, the day before he was 28 seconds off the lead and in 44th. Yeah. So Holy she God. was, you know, and that's the most interesting part about it. As I kept having to tell her, you know, don't really worry about that number on the left. Worry about that little red number where he's behind. That's what you really want it. Cause it's every day adds up 30 yep. seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds adds up, but 88, they don't care about it. that number. doesn't mean anything really. It just, he's, you know, there's so like, like hoop was saying, I'm watching the uh, full gas, which is like, super exciting. You know, these guys are hundreds of a second apart or the top again, top 80 are separated by 30 seconds, which is insane. Yeah. So yeah, I know for people that aren't um, super familiar with Enduro, it is kind of weird to be like, well, they didn't even pass each other. What do you mean? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah the, 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 the competition itself is so strange sometimes, just like you know, uh, Gary's mom was pointing out, like trying to figure out that clock and how you work that. So we were, so Jordan and I were discussing somebody like Rachel Gudish. Um, she has been showing a lot of promise when it comes to this type of racing, and not just this type of racing. I think she has continuously gained when it comes to a lot of the technical riding that she does, and she's fast at what she does. But obviously, you take her out of kind of the more the super technical stuff where it's a lot more speed, and she's not competing with the top riders. So I'm thinking if she were to be able to get some real legit motocross practice, or you know, be able to attend more of the sprint enduros, that she would be more competitive i honestly think for a for a third po- you know for a, a podium position overall in the women's classes mm-hmm. now you know we th- we take that same idea of like what it would take to get there like what would somebody like gary sutherland need to do like it, you think about how yeah. fast he is and what he's done as a privateer and now with with kind of almost a semi-privateer you know it's like yeah. the guy's a legitimate badass on a dirt bike <laughs> but i mean like he's like like his mom was saying, why is he doing so bad? It's like, holy shit, when it comes down to those hundreds of a second and they add up day after day after day, like you just can never make a mistake. I mean, is that the goal? Don't make a mistake? Are we all talking about it? <laughs> Eric, you throw it down. What you got? Yeah. You spoke oh, up first, buddy. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't, it's hard to say, like, where, where are these guys making up these hundreds of a second and, and they're so close, but it's always the same couple guys that are those hundredths of a second faster than everybody, yeah. which is, it's, it's so weird. Cause like you said, Gary Sutherland is super fast. And then check out, uh, Ivan Ramirez, 
who battles with Gary Sutherland on a regular basis and was way further down. Yep. So, I mean, so it's, it's kind of strange to see, I think, I think it's just a whole different thing. It's like a whole different type of racing. Like you were saying, when you're racing the clock and you're just, I, I just have to push. I'm not trying to pass anybody. I'm just trying to push as hard as I can. And you know, where in a heron hound or something, you make a mistake in a turn, you look back, oh, they're not coming. Well, you make a mistake in a turn, you just lost two tenths of a second that you just went from fourth to tenth kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I think that might be, I don't, I, yeah, but I don't know how you would, you just get better, I guess. I, don't know. I think it's just a strong mental game. I mean, like you said, you have to have a lot of practice in racing enduro type races where you're not racing your competition, you know, directly. Mm-hmm. You're racing the clock all the time. So I guess more practice doing that and having to think that way constantly, like I'm trying to get from point A to point B as fast as I can the whole entire day instead of, Oh, well, no one's really around. I'll take it easy here, but you don't know what they've done in that section. So you have to push it as hard as you can. Yeah. I, I, uh, I loved, I got a chance to think a little bit more about something that Hooper said last week. And I kind of want to say this and then and let Hoop build upon it to where I think it could go with it. And he mentioned how, you know, cause they do at the sprint enduros, they do all the tests one way. And then the second day they do those tests again backwards. And the, and he was saying that Caleb Russell was was actually looked forward to or was good at reading the terrain on the second day almost better than the first because he could see when he's exiting a turn, he could see those braking bumps so he knew where to start braking or he could see the braking bumps and also where they were getting on the gas so he could see where he knew he needed to be getting on the brakes and then where he could start getting on the gas in that turn. So like kind of like with that, that thought of how... Th- there's guys that know how to ride the terrain mm-hmm. and they know how to read the terrain. So to that hoop, have you noticed anything that seems to be a trend on where guys really can start to make up time or where they can wind up losing it horrendously? And I don't mean a wreck or anything like that at your sprint enduros, like where it really seems to start to make a difference where these guys can build and lose time. The, the biggest, I mean, the, the biggest thing I notice is the first few tests before it really gets broken in, mm-hmm. you know, near the end of the day, the guys' times start getting closer and closer and they get faster and faster. But, you know, I've seen Caleb put, you know, 10, 12 seconds on Milner on a test, the very first test of the day, where there's no lines whatsoever. And that's so huge. It's like knowing exactly where you can break, you know, remembering the test, like, you know, remembering that you can you know, that this is a left and a left and a right or something, you know, and setting yourself up two turns in advance, that kind of thing. I think that's, that's the, the time seemed to get closer as the week went on. And, you know, and then, so for this, with this six days, the format was kind of different, you know, with like running the test one direction for two days where flipping them around, then having new tests on the fifth day or whatever. I can't, I think that's how it was, something like that. So, you know, that that's the thing that we I noticed anyway. I don't know if that if that happened a lot through this one or not, but you know, right. eventually it gets so burnt in by the time they come back around again. But you know, I think those guys did put some big padding on the other riders that early on this week, this six days. Yep. And- so I know, like, I think Caleb. Like, you know, I've I've actually had Caleb help me like look at it like a cross test and be like, dude, where's the stuff going to get torn down? You know what I mean? Like, look at this cross test and be like, yeah, that turns that you need to move it out two feet because you're going to get set up this turn to that turn. So, like, those guys with the ability to do that makes a huge difference, you know, like to be able to just read it. Yep. Man. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Uh, 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see, like, so with with the way that this is developed, with the USA obviously continuously, we've showed so much promise in the ability to win the overall trophy, you know, the overall World mm-hmm. Cup trophy event of that uh, at the ISDE, like. And you could tell, too, that the teams have put in a lot of effort, I think, in not just having more team camaraderie. They've mm-hmm. put in training camps, and they've also put in a lot of effort, you can tell, to send people to events like the Sprint Enduros, mm-hmm. which on the East Coast, which is super smart. So should guys that are going to wind up being on the trophy team, should for 2016, should they be East Coast racers that are... Not because East Coast racers are the the faster racers, but just because they're going to have access to events like the Sprint Enduros more than Uh, guys that are going to be on the West Coast. I'd almost say, I'd almost say, Eric, what are your thoughts? Because, and then we'll let Hoop, because Hoop, you own the series. We know what you're going to say. Fuck yeah, come to my series! (laughs) Come to my series! (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say for sure, go to Hoop series. But then I wanted to remind you that Kirk Caselli's from here. So, you yeah, know. No, that's a, that's a hell of a solid <laughs> point. Year. Justin Jones is from here. Killed it. Obviously, Taylor is from West Coast. I, yep. I mean, personally, I think, I think you need to pick riders suited to the terrain. You know, but I mean, obviously, it has to be with some sort of like reason. Like last year, Caleb got third overall. And stuff that's nothing like where he's from, you know, he should not have been the top American based off just like terrain and stuff like that. You would, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like obviously Taylor had some issues and stuff like that, but yeah. So I guess you know yeah, some of the exactly. guys like 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 Ryan obviously is now going to be a trophy guy until he doesn't want to do it anymore. Caleb probably you know should be too. Taylor, and then maybe there's some you know after that maybe it should be a toss up. You know, next year in Spain it's supposed to be. It's going to be drier, desert, more desert type terrain. I don't know. So, like, I think not just racing my series. I this this is just my opinion. I think all the guys need to ride a qualifier. That's my personal opinion. I think, and I think it would be better if there was one qualifier that was held in an area that that's going to be similar to what they're going to race on at the six days early in the year, and everybody goes. You want to ride a trophy team? You want to ride a junior team? You want to ride a women's team? You got to ride it. Yeah, and that's 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 my thought on it. No, and yeah. that's been a an interesting debate when it comes to kind of the sixth day in general. Um, you know, there's people that are like, well, uh, like there's the Wellard Club team. People were on the Wellard Club team before it was kind of like Wellard was the full sponsor, like they are, have been the past couple of years. You know, people were on that team that didn't go to any qualifiers. We've seen obviously trophy guys, and it's so tough because you know. We, uh, I don't think Australia has qualifiers. I don't think France has qualifiers. So, I mean, our main competition, that's not what they do. They pick. You know, they have, you know, Motorsports of Australia picks. Yeah, their but, they're not, but they're not split up as much as we are, you know? Like, we, we're just like two different worlds here between what we have on the East Coast and what we have on the West Coast. Pretty much all the Australian off-road guys ride the AORC, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Yeah, that's probably sure. the difference, right? All the French dudes ride World Enduros, French Championship, Italian Championship. So, yeah, it's def- we're definitely in a different situation here, you know. Just Yeah, because we're the size so. of Australia and France, right? I mean, <laughs> like, we have Australia on the West Coast and we have France on the East Coast. I mean, that's how diverse it could feel mm-hmm. sometimes in the type of riding that we have in this country and how we would try to figure out 
how to pick the best writers. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the things that Hoop and I talked about last week, too. Oh, and unfortunately, I did find out, and this is bad news for everybody that tuned in to listen to Ryan Sipes. He is, ha- you know, and I told him, I said, dude, if you, like when I asked, I said, if you don't think you can make it, I understand you got a lot of family stuff going on. You just got back in town. He did say that family stuff just got too crazy. He can't come on tonight. We're still going to have Brian Garahan on. He's be on here in a couple minutes. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, yeah, I know. Hoops like, oh, me down, buddy, man. buddy, man. He's like, Hoops <laughs> like, I'm putting my pants back on. This is bullshit. <laughs> um, but one of the things that, that Hoop and I actually got all goosed up on and stuff, and we were texting each other about it back and forth, is, holy crap, is this not just like something you still want to do? And we're like, yes. Like, how do we qualify? Like, how does, like, it's one of those deals where, like, back in the day, Hoop was a really good motocross racer when he was younger, going to Loretta Lens, qualifying for Loretta Lens, and racing at Loretta Lens. Like, I, I've done, like, when I was heads in it and didn't give a shit, and I could still twist the throttle <laughs> without any thought of, you know, <laughs> consequences. Uh, you know, I got myself into the AA class, all that kind of stuff. You know, you've been a professional GNCC racer. Eric Kudla, you've won A-class races before, and I'd imagine on the West Coast, that's still going to compete yeah. you well yeah. with a lot you of the double A stuff. I tried to qualify. It didn't work out. So it's like, what, I, what do well, we do? What, are, what We're talking about what do these guys get better at to go win the World Trophy, but at the same time, there's guys like us and ladies like us everywhere yeah. that would like to try to qualify. So in that regard, let's talk about that. Like, Eric, perfect. Let's start yeah. with you because you tried to qualify. You were able to make it to the qualifiers. It was like, yeah. did you, like, tell us about it. What did you do? Anything special that we could kind of, like, take to learn from? Well, Or maybe not problem, do since you didn't qualify. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The problem is I didn't do anything special. I, I was on a bike I've never been on before. And then I went out to a place that I've never ridden before and tried to qualify and and i really wasn't i just wasn't prepared for a hundred miles of sitting on my ass all day and that was that was really the hardest part i mean i raised desert like you sit down in the corners and like that's kind of it and but uh yeah it was just single track but and i was on minute three so there was like seven guys in front of me so there weren't any lines anywhere so it was definitely tough i mean the right the terrain was amazing um, but for the most part, you just, you really have to be in, sh- in shape. You need to be able to go as fast on the second day and at the end as you were on the first day on the first test, because that's where everybody else drops off is at the, I guess where I dropped off at the, the second day at the end, you're just over it. Yeah. And so you, that's what you really need. And, uh, and you just need to be fast, I guess, um, <laughs> because those guys are super fast. Like, well, and you need to be smart because what happened, um, uh, Dustin Welcher, uh, which is from Colorado, he won every single test as a C1 or E1 rider. And on the last uh, transfer, he wrote down the wrong number and went through it 10 minutes early. And, and that's why he didn't qualify. He would have gone. He, he, had, he was all set up to go, but he just wrote down the wrong number. So there's so many things. And then there's luck. Because the other guy, if the other guy's all DNF, then you win, yay! So you know, it's just, <laughs> I think that might like, be our best option. Yeah, that's why uh, Jubal Brown was able to go, or maybe Dylan Dylan Shepard was the other guy. My minute, he was able to go because Dustin Welcher DN or burned it, so he was able to go. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to go. But he finished third, so it, it like secured that spot just in case. Mm-hmm. So even if you're doing bad, you still have to. 
keep trying. Because like Nick Hamill, I think finished seventh one year, but none of the guys wanted to go, so he got to go. Yeah, yeah, they just like go through the list, don't they? Call you? Yeah, that's what I understand. Pretty much. The yeah, money well, to go? Yeah, no, a okay. Lot of people Next turn one. an LOI too, I think, and they're like, oh, I can get the money together, and then when they make it, they're like, oh crap, and then they're like, wait, no, oh, it's really twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> or like Argentina oh, yeah. where it was thirty thousand dollars, like yeah. you know, yeah. then it's like, oh, my sperm will only get me so far. <laughs> yeah. So exactly, I could sell a baby, <laughs> and my babies are. Semi intelligent, me not so much. My baby, and I don't think that would work. I don't, I don't think. Well, and the yeah, the crazy part this year too was they announced who qualified, and you needed to be paid like in three weeks or something for, for all your entry. Or it might have been even closer than that. It was all your entry fee, all your hotel stuff, all your registrations stuff had to be paid within a very, very short period of time. So. That's a- it was this year. Actually, uh, another writer uh, that didn't. Uh, <laughs> like, I, like I said, I don't know. I'm just like, I just like listening to it at this point. It's kind of almost <laughs> so, like a dance song. It's like EDM. I got that it's a remix. <laughs> um, so, your brother, actually, not Eric Kudla, Ryan Kudla, the other Kula. In the chat room, he was like, he he was talking about how the transfer sections were extremely gnarly. That's something that we yeah. we didn't we don't hear all the time. Now, granted, ISDE is typically where you're going to get that, and or at the uh, at the the, the Ridge Riders dealio because holy yeah, shit, that is like yeah. serious. I, like that is that is trail that is ninety percent trail pace all day, unless you're in a test, yeah. and then it's one hundred and ten percent trail pace. Ironically, that's what happened this year is the two transfers or the second day ended in all transfers, like 30 miles of transfer that a lot of people didn't make. So it was it kind of got people ready for that, it seemed like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was talking about how much Brian loved it. And I, I, I would imagine he means Brian's story because he's sadistic like me, though older than me. Scarahan. Oh, well, Brian's story probably loved it, too. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Shoot. All right. Well, who? Just because yep. I know it's kind of sucking like this, I don't want to bring Garahan into the, the quadruplet seat time a thon that we're having here. I wanted to see if there were any other thoughts from you before we let before we drop you off so we can bring Garahan on and talk to him about his ISDE experience. No, I don't think so. We've talked about <laughs> everything. I don't know. I'm good. Just, I just come nah. on because you asked me. I didn't, I didn't really plan ahead, man. Yeah, oh, I don't have dude. anything to talk about. <laughs> Be enthusiastic, Hoop. Oh, my God. He's like, I got a beer and a computer and headphones on seat time. Woohoo! That's it. It's just dead air. Oh, that was it. <laughs> and the show is over. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here's, uh, here's the deal. Everybody, go sign up and race the Sprint Enduros if you want to try to qualify Wait, for why? ITE. Okay, yeah. But why we have Hoop on? Can you please bring one to Texas? Texas, yeah. Story's been trying to get me to come do one down there. I'd love to, man. I just gotta. I'm spending a whole lot of money right now. Well, here, here's here, here's so even I what know, I, bef- I know exactly how you feel. Before Story yeah, so even said that, you know? I told so, him. Yeah, like, I said I, I'd like. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll make one part of the series next year, but we might be able to just come down and do like a one-off or something like that. Because I our core group is here in the southeast, and I would probably really make some people upset if they like had to go to texas so 
Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it for sure. Cool. I'd, I'd like to do it. That would be awesome. What a what before him and Story got into it about talking about that kind of stuff. I even told him I said, "Hey, listen, Mark and I can be the promoters, like the here people. Yeah. We can put everything together here. Yeah, we can build the tracks, all that kinds of stuff, and he can show up with the you know his trailer, his transponders, you know the kind of the yeah. the meat and potatoes of what is good for the riders, uh-huh. and then bam, we have a full gas sprint enduro." But it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be part of the series. It's just yeah. kind of like I mean, I out of time. I just like, want to do one. So. But I do have to request it not be at Brian's place. Oh, God. Do you, <laughs> right. do I'm just throwing that out there. you that I want to race the Sprinter <laughs> I'm just, Enduro there? I'm just making sure. Like, I want to do it. I honestly, put it on the table. I honestly think we could do a really good job at the OHV park. Or yes. in Bridgeport. That I would think, be awesome. Because it's like we could have a full-on legit grass track. We could yeah. go make some gnarly some shit, too. Stuff. Like, yeah, that would like, be you know, exactly what I was thinking. Okay, make sure we're on the same yeah. page. No. All right, let's do it. That though I'd awesome. like to, though I'd love for it to be twenty minutes from my house. That would be I don't cool, think but it's, not uh, worth it. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Nobody would show up. They'd be like, "I'm not freaking racing on Brian Story's property for the eighth time this year." Yeah, no. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Hoop, we'll make it happen. Thank you very much for being on the show. I didn't want to kick hey, you off, but obviously on. we're having issues, and uh, you're just the first person to go because you know it's the East Coast. I'm going to give it that. It's later where <laughs> you're I, at. Just I was here last week. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah, it's fine. You're sexier. That's you're it. Not gonna, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You need so beauty sleep. Yeah. I'm the more boring guest, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fine. We're going to have more of Eric Kudla's chops. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you need more room for those things. Cool. <laughs> right, they thanks. are their own guests. <laughs> thanks, guys. It was good talking to you. All right. See you, Uber. Right, see you. All right. So let's see. Okay, we've got him off. Now, Eric. We got yeah. him off. Um, no, yeah. Well, not not a hoops gone. Let's go ahead and really d- d- dive in. No, uh, I just uh, what I was gonna say is before we get Brian, uh, before we get Brian Garahan on here, I wanted to say thank you for doing such a great job with kind of the upkeeps um, on a lot of the information from the ISDE. What I yeah. thought you did really well was was be very subjective. Uh, you cover. You you did a great job making sure the trophy team was talked about, the junior trophy team, the women's team. And of course, the club riders. It's so hard to to pay attention to everybody, it, 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 and that's not. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that to be a, a jerk. That's just there's so many riders, there's so much racing going on, and there's so many different things for different people to be worried about. But I thought you did a really good job of being extremely subjective yeah, and, and getting that information out there. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to to kind of be on is to to kind of you had a lot of that club team knowledge, and so with Brian Garahan coming on, you hooking us up with Brian. Um, I thought it'd be really cool to be able to, you know, to kind of talk club talk team and yeah, and how much it sucked that yeah. you weren't there as a racer because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it would have been better for everybody. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know about that, but um, it was. You know what actually happened is I threw myself under the bus on it. I I posted a picture on Sunday before it from the NHHA site, and I was like, oh, make sure to follow GXE. I'll be posting. And right after I did that, I was like, crap. There goes my whole week. And it started at what 1 a.m. every day for us here, and yeah. we would get our first scores at two or three. So it was pretty much just staying up. Like I would go to a concert and I'd get out, and then it'd be like, "Okay, time for ISD stuff." <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> Caffeine. Oh no! <laughs> Did you ever sleep then? Uh, well, between six and eleven or something. Golly. 
<laughs> but well, and, and then he'd get tacos day, for lunch and then start his day. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, so the day, <laughs> I, the day that the I, the DQ stuff happened, that was like, oh yeah, I don't think we slept for like twenty eight hours or something. I mean, it was, and I was like, not, I don't know why I cared. I mean, whatever, it's gonna get taken care of. But it was stressful because people, you know, people were spreading this, people were spreading that. I had texts from our guys on the ground, and then Dirt Rider posts that no one's DQ'd. And I was like, wait a second, they just got DQ'd, and then. It was just kind of like, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know why I cared. It was just cool to watch, and it was awesome, and it was cool to spread. Like I, like you were saying, the club stuff, and um, you know, everybody, everybody always has some questions, and most of the time, like FIM or somebody that's posting, it doesn't have time to answer questions. Mm-hmm. But apparently, I have nothing else to do. So, <laughs> um, oh, that's why uh, there's no hair and hounds for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's that's what it, the whole thing was. Um, so. Uh, you know, our club teams did really well this year. I mean, I feel like, I think last year, didn't we win? I think we won the overall clubs. We had Sipes, yep. one of those guys in our clubs. And so Gary, Gary Sutherland, Sipes, and... Yeah. Oh, crap. Yes. Yeah, there, that was like the Wellard club team. That like, Yeah. Or uh, Farringer. Yes. And uh, another guy. Uh, I, I think Osborne was on the junior team, maybe. No, Osborne uh, was on the no, trophy team, and his bike team. his bike shit the bed in that first yeah. or second test. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we just didn't have like the big names, so people weren't mentioning this and that and the other, and and you know, our first couple, our first day was not the greatest, but the fact was that we just kept moving up, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think that w- one of the things it seemed like was we had a lot of West Coast racers from ISDE or the qualifier in Idaho. A lot of those guys weren't really familiar with riding in the mud but then people like garahan and like those guys love it so that's why you see garahan talk um uh the kelly brothers like in the top of the american scores every single day is because for those guys the worse it gets the better it is um so that's why like in argentina i think we did so well because we have a, we always have a lot of west coast guys that go because of the ISD qualifier right. or the Idaho City Qualifier, yeah. Yeah, which is epic, 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 epic. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's see if we can get Mr. Brian Garahan on. And then, uh, of course, uh, you've got your fly shirt on. I've got my fleur shirt on. So as we we, we kind of trans transfer a little bit of our guests, definitely want to talk about some of the fly stuff out there. So flyracing.com, obviously, where you can learn more about that. What's even really cool is when you go to flyracing.com and you order online from their website, it's actually shipped um, and sometimes you can even go pick it up from your closest local dealer. And I think that's pretty neat. That so it's cool. a good way to be able to order online from their website, but not, you know, axe out the middleman, which is the local dealer, which obviously does, you know, it's good to keep them in business. Yeah. For you to be able to get parts <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff. So sometimes there could be some issues with it. I know that they have had issues with that kind of stuff, but, you know, when, when you got to make it happen, you got to make it happen. So, all right. So, Eric, I'm not going to lie. We're going to kick your video off and keep you audio so we can get Brian's. We could try to keep Brian's video because, uh, I mean, he's just sexier Uh, than you are. He's way sexier. I can guarantee that. that, See how that that works. And uh, it's one of those deals where we know Google Hangout works better. But the problem is, is like trying to like teach everybody how to do Google Hangouts is kind of like can get a little (laughs) finicky. So... You know, we just like to wing it. Yeah, shoot from the hip, really. That's yeah. way more fun. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Brian, can you hear us? Nope. 
All right, Eric, keep talking. No, um, <laughs> yeah, he's oh no, he's yeah, back uh, and forth. Um, so yeah, Brian Garahan, uh, you know, a little introduction, I guess. Um, I just met him uh, this year, being the uh, director of the Western Hair Scramble Championship. I mean, I know, I know who he is. I've heard the name Garahan Off Road Training, um, but he kind of came out, and you know, one of the older guys. He was thirty nine, hadn't turned forty yet. And, um, um, I mean, but he lined up on the pro row. So we're like, all right, whatever. And, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know who these guys are. They're, they're just local guys. I don't know. So, but he, he went out and tore it up pretty well. I think he ran into a tree that time though, but, but he, uh, you know, su- kind of, he didn't surprise the local guys, but I mean, he kind of surprised us. And then, and then, um, all year he's been racing hard and at uh, the ICE qualifier, he actually did really, really, really well. Um, I think he got like fourth overall or something, fifth overall or something like that. And then did even better out here um, uh, for us in uh, Slovakia. I mean, finishing top, one of the top riders every single day, along with Fred Hoes, who is, I think, in his 50s. Yeah. So, you know, our, some of, and then uh, uh, Toth, I can't remember his first name, Jason or Jet, what, but Toth is our youngest rider. So we had our oldest guys and our youngest guys in the top of our US, USA teams, which was really cool. That so. blows my mind, dude, that, like, you know, I, I can only hope that I get to my 40s and my 50s and, like, and still, you know, kind of be an A-rider. Now, granted, you have to just keep riding at that point. Yeah. Like, that's the, I think, yeah. the biggest thing is these guys have always just kind of rode or raced uh-huh. at some capacity. I mean, we look at Brian's story mm-hmm. every other weekend and Racing. multiple times during the week, he's on his dirt bike. Yeah. Like, just riding it. Yeah, going I, fast. <laughs> exactly, and I think I'm faster now probably than I've ever been, and I barely race. I just I'm always on my bike, laying out course or riding through some rock section with stakes on my back or some shit. Right. So or or doing sweep at King of the Hammers or something like the King of the Motos or something like that. And so when I went out to race at the qualifier, I did better than I've you know I rode better than I've ever raced. And I still did bad, but, but I mean, but I mean, just being on your bike, I think, uh, you know, and I feel like even in our desert racing, the older guys are some of our faster guys. Paul Kraus is still super fast. Larry Rosler, he's 57. He's still super <laughs> fast. You know what I mean? So a lot of our top guys in the desert are in their thirties and forties. So it's just, uh, feel like that's just kind of how it goes especially in off-road because it's not it is physical but it's almost more like um like wisdom yeah. of how to read read the reading the terrain and and uh you know knowing when you should go slow because that was one thing i was going to mention about the cornering uh or about the uh, speeds in isde is one thing i've learned is or i've been told is the cornering is where it's all at yeah and you know and, and to a certain extent when you're learning to ride you want to break as late as possible and gas it as early as possible. But then like, I personally just got to the point to where I have to break earlier now because I'm breaking too late and blowing through the corners. <laughs> so, yeah. so now I have to relearn how to do that. And I think those kind of things come with age is where you know when to let off. And if you watch like the French guys, it looks like they're just putt putting around the course, but it's cause they never let off. They just, they come into a corner and go and never stop. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. don't dig a hole. They don't anything. But all those top guys just kind of go raw around each corner. Raw. They're not making big berms unless there's a cameraman, of course. 
<laughs> and then they make it look awesome. Oh yeah, and then yeah. So we, in the one of the things too, like I loved doing the Idaho qualifier, but here's a here's a question for you. Like we look at the ISDE and kind of like what they're qualifying for. Like it doesn't seem like it fits. It seems like it's a good long manly race for sure. The two hundred plus miles that you're doing. But like say like what we're talking about with the big grass jacks and the keeping you know carrying speed through the turns and stuff like that, it just doesn't seem like maybe the better like does it seem like it sets you up to be a good you know ISDE competitor? Um, from everybody that I've talked to, it's nothing like ISDE, but it's just it's just a hard race that's long kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. um, basically what my my brother does like leading up to it is he just does motos like he goes to the motocross track and just does 30 minute motos changes a set of tires 30 minute moto changes a set of tires 30 minute moto because that's i guess he said that's kind of more what it's like for him yeah is i've heard is, quite a few guys actually it's just what they yeah. do because you're just railing ruts and like jumping things <laughs> that you didn't we really look at <laughs> yeah yeah railing ruts just and and, and jumping jumps that you kind of are kind of blind and but you just kind of have to do it and or you have to kind of just know that I can jump this going this speed and then you have to I mean it's like a moto very similar to a moto where uh, the gate drops and you go 110 percent till it stops it's not like ISD qualifier where you're like man I got 200 miles to go yeah. like I I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to ride comfortably kind of thing you know what I mean like yep. it's it's every tenth of a second. You know, so like I said, my brother just does motos and just changes tires and then does motos. <coughs> hey, Eric, this is Brian Gearhan. Hey, Sorry. what's Yay! up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? So Wee! your brother's that badass where he actually does tire changes in between motos? Hell yeah. I usually, I usually drink Kool-Aid in between my motos. Yeah, Kool-Aid Vodka. And a hot dog or something? Vodka. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to see. I mean, I was, I was out there doing, punch, punch, punching out push-ups all week long. Yeah, I didn't see no tire. You know, I wasn't seeing tire changes. You know, between motos during the week for him, man. That's that's what that's what Ryan tells Eric that he does. That's yeah, there what we go. That's he what actually like. does. Yeah, that's definitely it's a two way street. You know, of uh, lying and telling the truth. And uh, we yeah. just need to make sure we're on the same shoe. So, Brian, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Sorry that it took us so long to get you on here, but I'm glad it happened. So. You're a badass. I mean, that's kind of like what has been the state point. Eric actually didn't put pants on this evening. He didn't know if he could uh, contain what is going on the way he likes to talk about you. So you have been to the ISD a hell of a bunch of times. You're over 40 racer now out there having a good time doing it. So I take it you enjoy racing at the ISDE. Uh, you know, it's a great event. I started doing it when I was like 18 years old and, uh, and I did it for you know eight, nine years in a row and just kind of faded out doing other stuff and and <clears throat> i've been going to uh, do uh, some off-road schools now and uh i went the last few years just kind of helping some of the kids i trained doing the event and uh just kind of got that bug again and you know me turning 40 and stuff like that i th thought that'd be the appropriate time and place to do it you know and so that's how it worked out oh dude so uh when was the last time in this case that you've done the isde obviously besides the uh, slovakia uh 2003 and uh Brazil was the last time, but unfortunately at that event, my stator and my motorcycle went out like 30 miles into it. So, uh, I really didn't get enjoy much of the scenery riding motorcycles and stuff like that. So, uh, basically 2001 in France would have been the last one that I really, really competed in. Dang. Holy cow. So you spend that much. And in that time, like 2001, 2003, whatever, 
how much time did you spend? Have you spent off the bike? I mean, you said you were doing other things. Obviously, that could be family. That could be all kinds of stuff. But I mean, were you keeping up like riding and racing? Uh, oh yeah, I was still okay. racing. I was still racing that time. I was racing GNCCs and works, and you know what I mean. Just my focus kind of changed off of <clears throat> off of the ISDs. You know what I mean? You know, it costs a lot of money. And, yeah. <laughs> and in the first few years when I was doing it, you know. The AMA was was paying some money to get involved, and then they kind of stepped out of that and stuff. And they kind of it kind of kind of got slow for a few years. You know, it wasn't as big as it was. And you know, now you go there now, the operation is 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 uh, unbelievable. The the effort that the AMA puts in, the effort that Anti puts in, the effort that KTM puts in. I mean, I was talking to my brother today, and I was just like, man, it's just amazing how it is now, how much easier it is, and and how the quality of you get at every check. You know, you go there even though you're not factory KTM rider. They're out there to help you. You're not if you're riding a Yamaha, Suzuki. You know everyone's just there supporting you. You know big club meetings and and uh, it's just amazing how well the effort it puts in and it's showing in our results now. You know we got our top riders going. You know we're we're not the you know we're the talk of the pits. You know we won this year. You know big props out to Ryan Sipes for winning it overall. And I was super excited to be there. You know I've been there 13 times. You know raced at nine and. Uh, to be able to see uh, history go down and see uh, an American rider win that event is uh, was really amazing. Really Shoot, amazing. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned doing a lot of the OMAs, GNCCs, and stuff like that in the in the past. Uh, but you're in California now. So is, did you grow up on the East Coast? Is that where you were racing most of the time when you were in uh, younger, younger years? You know, I, you know, I just raced local stuff, and uh, <clears throat> you know, actually, we were just kind of hillbillies that raced in the woods and. Uh, in uh, 93, my brother went to go do some ISD qualifiers, and, you know, we didn't know nothing. You know, there's no internet, no TV, no nothing back then. And uh, my brother ended up qualifying on the world junior team, you know, and we're like, fuck, we're, excuse my language. We're like, damn, we're that good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to go race some motorcycles. And so we kind of got into it. And uh, out west, and it was all desert racing and stuff and not much off-road. We're just like the first, you know, there used to be like the first national enduro, the first hair scramble. But uh, I did some desert races, and... But I was like 18, 19 years old and I uh, did good at a couple of them. And then I thought I was going to win a race. And, you know, I crashed doing like 85, 90 miles an hour. And I said, I'm done with this. And the next weekend I found myself in Ohio racing uh, back east and uh, just kind of fell in love with it. And then uh, kind of from there on out, I kind of turned out, I'd say like I was like a, like a, a surfer chasing the seasons. You know, I'd, I'd live in California between uh, November and March. And then the GNCC season would start in March. And I'd load up my van and I'd move back east and I'd live back east from March to no- November and it'd start getting cold and I'd be like, I'm going to go back to California and go ride again, guys. Have fun hunting, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's that's like, what they all do back east. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, yeah, that's all we see. Like, Thad is like pictures of like shooting stuff with his bow or whatever. Yeah. You got the Baylor yeah. brothers, they're all like, out there like bow hunting and everything and shooting stuff yeah. and keeping warm by the fire. I know their dad drinks beer, which I'm yeah. a... Big proponent of, but that's okay with me. So, uh, were you on the senior club team, or were you on one of the other club teams this year? No, I just qualified for a regular club team. It was it was it was hard for me to commit to doing the senior team. I thought about it, but you know, I wanted to see if I could just qualify, you know, regular and just be on the club team. And uh, you know, I really wanted to <clears throat> try and be top American, which I I did, and I wanted to just get the top ten, which I did in my class. So I was really I was happy with my results and. Uh, just my attitude kind of showed that the whole time and, and, uh, just, it was a really good time to go back to that event and, you know, put that effort in. I did a lot of, with my off-road schools in the summertime, I do a, a really unique program where I do a summer camp, basically I call it dirt bike daycare and 
kids stay at my house from Tuesday to Thursday and, and every day we get up and we train in the morning and then we go to the motocross track in the afternoon, just like Eric was saying, uh, Eric was saying is, you know, all I do is ride is motocross and I don't even ride off road in the summertime. Cause it's so dry in California. I just ride motocross, you know, three, four times a week. Right. And, uh, you know, AJ Lear, one of my, uh, uh trainees that went there and got a gold medal, you know, we'd line up and we just do three lap sprints. You know, we don't do the whole 20 minute moto session. We just do three lap sprints, pull off the track. You know, we'll talk about our lines, talk about where I, he passed me, where I passed him, you know, bench talk. And then we'll do three more laps. You know what I mean? And three more laps and just really push that edge. And that's kind of really where the speed comes from is, is pushing in the corners and carrying the extra momentum in the corners. And hopefully you can carry that momentum all the way through. Hell yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> You kind of mentioned some of the stuff you're talking about might help out with some of the discussions that we were having mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. So a couple things. Do you think that the qualifiers are a good way to qualify to race at six days is one of those. And two, if there are any changes that you would think that would work, what might they be? You know, I think uh, it is a good system to do the qualifying. I think if they wanted to do the qualifying, I think it would have to be a a stronger series like it used to be back in the day where there's just more than two qualifiers. You know, you can't really judge much off of that. But, uh, you know, I think what they, they need to pre-select the team for this, the trophy guys, because I think it is a good way to do it, but they need to kind of look into how they select the teams where the, where the, where the event is. If it's a, you know, like Argentina was a, a West coast style event, you know, and this year was an East coast style event. They should select it like that. But I think they should definitely leave the option open for the junior team. Because it's a good way for a, a nobody that's not known on the radar to go out and, and get out there and put an effort in and get recognized, you know. And, and if they pre, pre-select such young kids, uh, it's hard to uh, get recognized and stuff like that. So I think they should leave it open for the younger kids. But I definitely agree on the pre-selection and the effort they put in because I know they do a training camp and, and it costs a lot of money. So they got to raise the fees and stuff like that. So yeah. that's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah, and, and I I kind of I kind of agree with that. Like it's it's tough, and I like your idea too about the the junior trophy team. I like the fact that to kind of say that should definitely not be pre-selected. That should give guys you know that chance to qualify for yeah. that. But in the same time, like what I guess then would we say that they're like in the LOI class? Would that be like okay if you're age bracket is such obviously mm-hmm. then for the junior class that you if you were good enough you could then qualify for the world trophy or the, the junior trophy team but then if not then you could just be one of the club riders yeah something like that or, or the year i did it like first year i did it was the years in usa and you know they took they took six or seven of us and we went to a training camp you know what i mean and and we went to the training camp and all the team managers were there and coaches and the teams were there and we rode special tests and they picked, they picked it from there. You know, I wasn't probably even the top guy back then, but they saw something, saw something to me at the training camp and, and I was chosen from there. You know, there was a couple of kids that were on the team the year before the junior team. And, you know, I thought they would have a better chance since they had already been there and stuff like that. But again, you know, with that training camp, they saw something maybe special in me and saw some, you know, different determination than they saw some of the other kids and I was selected. So I think something like that have a, you know, take, you know, four on the team, take eight kids to it and, and the top eight from the junior team and then have a training camp and, and see where it goes from there and have the team select it. You know, the KTM guys are there, the Husky guys are there, Yamaha guys are there, and they sit down and discuss the best team for the for the America. Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's a good idea for Scouting. sure. Scouting. What's that? Scouting, yeah. like we were talking about yeah. earlier. It's, you're absolutely right. We were having a complete uh, discussion about how, like, ladies like Jordan Bailey and uh, Hannah Otto, 
uh, you know, extremely, extremely fast girls here in Texas. Cooper Bailey, extremely fast dude here in Texas back in the day. He works now for a living. Um, you know, but in Texas, they have to travel to the East Coast, and it costs a lot of money to be able to do that, and they don't have a chance to really be able to live within their families to at while they're living on the East Coast, and it'd be so much more interesting if, they were, if, if, if scouting happened for situations <laughs> like that, for people to be able to come out and do that. So, I mean, but that's kind of the same idea of what you're talking about is a, a way to kind of scout, you know, to get maybe – eight to ten of these super fast young dudes and then bring them all in one place and then scout the right ones mm-hmm. for the right job. So I think, yeah. and I think that they almost kind of do that now, now that they started bringing the training camps back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe yeah. maybe invite more of the younger dudes or even more of some of the faster club riders. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the thing is, is some of the guys that, you know, I mean, you know, nothing to mock on the guys, but those, some of the guys race a lot, you know, the Baylors, you know, they're, I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're, wrong. they're, they're awesome fast, you know what I mean? And they should be on the team, but you know, they're at, they're racing, they're in the scene the whole time. So their name's out there, but maybe there's a kid out there, you know, like Josh Knight, you know, he won the Idaho qualifier, you know, he doesn't have as much money. He lives in freaking middle of nowhere in Idaho. There's no real race series where he lives. So he's not racing that much. You know what I mean? Yep. So he, he doesn't really get recognized. But he's blazing fast, you know what I mean? He never – and the Baylors and 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 uh, Lane and all those, they weren't at the qualifiers, so they are already pre-selected. So he didn't have a chance to ride against those guys to show his speed. You know, you only got to ride against me and Alex Dorsey and just kind of the local West Coast guys, you know what yeah. I mean? So we had him he never really has a chance he, to show his speed, you know? Yeah, we had him on after he overalled that event because it's just – it's insane. The dude's so young. He's been to the ISDE so many times on the club team, um, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be cool to see. You know, and it's one of those things, too. He could just be having a great time riding a dirt bike. He may not have any plans to really try to pursue this as a career, and that's fine. But obviously, right now, he's fast as shit on a motorcycle, yeah. and it would be cool – to see him be able to have that opportunity to go out there and represent the United States at a whole yeah. nother level yeah. than what he's done so well before. And what's cool about yeah. the ISD is that's not what it's not about. It's not about making money either. Because right. everyone, even Stu Baylor and Grant Baylor, they're paying to go there. You know what I mean? This is For more sure. of a, a pride race. You know what I mean? It's all about yeah. pride. They get paid to race GNCCs. They hate them, but they get paid. But they <laughs> want to <laughs> Well, I was going to say, that's like Ross Neely. Ross Neely overalled it two years ago, the ISD qualifier, by like a lot. Yeah. And wanted to go on the junior team, and they're like, "No, he's already selected. They're already selected." Yeah. And so he was just like over it. From what I heard, yeah, he's exactly. like, "Oh, well, whatever, never mind." And never he, mind. yeah, he beat everybody by like a couple minutes. Yeah. I think it was tw- twenty-two or twenty-three. And yeah, they were just like, "No, nope, they're already selected." Yeah, and that was it. It's kind of disheartening so, for the guys that are fast and could be on that team, but their their names just aren't known, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to have a junior, junior team. Junior, junior. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have this. Yeah, I, I would say we have your pro two team. Yeah, the junior <laughs> pro two. Team. Yeah, how many pro two X classes can we uh, <laughs> add to the to the thing? I guess that's kind of almost what the Wollard club team was those two years ago. Like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, and that's where Sipes kind of like made a name that he could kick ass at the ISDE, <laughs> and then obviously he did so. So Brian. Yeah. With all the racing that you've done in your life, you know, doing so well, like you said, you've been a shit ton of times to the ISDE as a racer and then obviously helped out a bunch more times. Um, do you see yourself continue wanting to continue doing this now that you've kind of, you know, essentially gotten back into it? Or was this just going out to do it to do it and you had fun and now, you know, another check off the bucket list? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> it was definitely uh, just kind of a do it to do it kind of thing. Uh 
it definitely got me sparked with, uh, I wanted to, you know, kind of see if I was still competitive really, you know what I mean? If I still had kind of had it in me a little bit, you know, and, uh, definitely came in to get a little spark and it makes me feel that, uh, it was definitely a bucket list thing. I definitely see myself going back again, not necessarily maybe next year, but definitely again, uh, I want to do Loretta Lynn qualifier. I want to do the Loretta's next year. And that's something I've always wanted to do. You know, it's childhood dreams to race Loretta's and and you know at 40 years old I still feel like I'm a child so I'm I'm, I'm kind of ready to re- live that childhood dream I think uh, what class would that be at Loretta's is there a and, and I'm not trying to knock at your age or anything like that but is that or is there like a is there do they have it towards broken down to like you know there's like 30 mid 30 and then 40 and then mid 40 yeah they got, like they got a 40 stuff? 40 plus class and and uh uh I know the last couple of years uh Rodney Smith and uh Terry Bostard our local guys that live near us and, and I can run kind of their speed. I could run their speed and a uh, Bostard won a moto this year. And I know Rodney Smith has got second overall the last couple of years. So I think I could be, you know, not necessarily win it, you know, but I could definitely be competitive in, in the 40 plus class if I could get there. That'd be wicked cool to yeah. see you do that. Cause like, you know, I, I by no means can ride a motocross track. It's, it's pathetic. Um, <laughs> but for guys like yourself that are epic at that kind of stuff. And obviously we can tell going to the ISDE doing so well there, but then, with the possibility of qualifying for Loretta's like that's yeah that, that spans a lot. <laughs> it's a big spectrum. Yeah. So, so that'd be fun. You know what I mean? I always hear about how fun it's going to be. So I don't think I can afford doing both cause we're about a month apart. So that'd be pretty, uh, pretty uh, expensive. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how you, <laughs> I don't know how guys do the ISDE like multiple, multiple times in a row. Like, or like in a lifetime, like how many, <laughs> how many credit cards can you really open? Like, I, was talking to, I was talking to Fred Host, and he's done it like 25 times. I'm looking at him like, I'm all, dude, you know that's like half a million dollars that you spent going to this Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and what did, what did he say? He's like, oh, you know, they used to help a lot more when I was younger. I'm like, yeah, dude, but he spent a long time, man. <laughs> Not that much. I mean, like, even if, like, they split it halfway, you know, like, still, like, holy shit. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It's like having a kid every time yeah. you go. Like, it's probably more than having a kid. You know, yeah. and you don't get, well, you probably still get some drama with it, but. Yeah. yeah. So, Eric, if you were to say a couple awesome things, and I say a couple because I'm sure you got more than one or two, but like about Mr. Brian Garahan, what would you uh, make sure that us Texas and, and then, of course, the more nationally seat time listeners should know about Mr. Brian Garahan? Well, I just kept wanting to mention how um, he, in line at uh, ISDE qualifier, he was like, hey, if I don't qualify, can you put me up for the 40-plus team? But then he, <laughs> but then, he was standing right behind me in line, but then but then he qualified all badass and ended up going anyway. And I honestly didn't think he was going to go because he made it sound like he didn't want to. But then he was there, tore it up, like he was saying, doing push-ups in between, <laughs> in between motos and stuff. And um, um, and the reason I wanted you to have him on here, one, is because he's super sexy, but you don't have his picture up. But he's not two, showing his video. He didn't wear pants. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> two is he. He's a good speaker, and he has a lot of great things to say about, you know, he notices all the improvements at ISDE, so he's able to tell us that kind of stuff. And he notices things that suck, and he'll totally say that. And so that's, you know, Brian's an awesome dude. He always comes out, always high fives, always has a blast at the races, even when he does terrible. And so, I mean, he's not as excited, but he still has a blast. And he's still, <laughs> you know, so... Um, other than that, like I don't really know the guy that well, except for at the races. So uh, just this year, even just, so, just um, handies in the back of the race van. He's made, yeah, he's made, uh, he's made a great impression. So I can tell you yeah. that much. I like it. And that's one thing that uh, <clears throat> what what it is is 
is me out there. I'm not faster than any of those kids. Like I said, I'm 40 years old. I just know how to ride a motorcycle. And what I felt what I did better was I was just mentally stronger. I had a smile on my face every day. You know, I didn't want to do push-ups, but I wanted to do the push-ups to show people how strong I was and how how competitive <laughs> I was and just mentally mentally, you know, mentally crush them. Psych like everyone out. <laughs> I, out. I, was, I was, you know, I was taught from the best. You know, I lived five years in a box van with Shane Watts and, and everyone knows how Shane Watts was. He'd do burnouts on his tire before a race. And, and we used to be in pit lane parked and we'd literally start our box van up at midnight and go drive to a, a parking lot in the, in the grocery store and read Racer X, then come back at 2 a.m., and then tell everyone the next day we're at the bars drinking all night long just to have that psych edge on everyone. Like, oh, my God, you guys are all drinking. Like, yeah, we're out on the piss all night long. Woo! You know what I mean? We're really <laughs> worried, but we just, we just mentally screwed with everyone. You know what I mean? So, you know. <laughs> I love it. I got to start yeah. doing that. I'm too much, of a, too much of a nice guy. I think I let everybody know that I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, or maybe I need to start being a little bit more mentally strong. You, you might freak people out if you like just completely change you your person. I, I would go to the bar. That's true. It's very true. I definitely would go to the bar. Man, I can't do that shit anymore. There ain't no way in hell. No uh, control. Well, uh, speaking of Shane Watson, the box van, did you ever partake in any of the quality control issues that they had going on in there? Uh, you know... Those are uh, stories that uh, should not be told onto this uh, radio show. But we had, uh, I will say that uh, we, me and Shane had a very good time. And, and, and there's nothing better than those times in my life living on the road in a box van like a gypsy, just traveling the country, you know, pulling up in towns and people bringing in their arms and showing us their pre- private tracks and having them ready for us. And it was just, it was an amazing time in my life to just to travel the road and travel the country in a box van racing with a legend like Shane Watts, you know. Epic. So, guys that want to, guys, girls, riders, dads, moms, kids that want to know a little bit more about your off-road training programs that you've got going on, is there a spot that they can go do that? Yeah, you can go to uh, GarahanOffRoadTraining.com, uh, and then you can go to Facebook, Garahan Offroad Training, Brian Garahan, Instagram, uh, Garahan129, uh, Twitter, you know, Garahan129M, uh, <clears throat> a lot of social media sites uh, like South Bay Rider, Over the Hill Gang, uh, NorCal Motorsports, kind of stuff like that. You know, I try and uh, what's unique about my off-road school is a lot of trainers that just kind of offer like one program. They're going to offer like just motocross or off-road, where I kind of do a lot of different things. I do uh, motocross classes. I do off-road classes. I do rental programs. I do beginner classes. I do open practice events. So I'm kind of really in the scene every week, every weekend, and uh, just really involved in dirt bikes. I, I grew up racing bikes and. Uh, let me travel the country and experience life for 15, 20 years racing bikes and making money. And now still at age 40, I'm still making money racing dirt bikes in a different way. But, you know, I still get to put my buck on my boots every day pretty much and be on a motorcycle. So, like I say, I love my life. Can't complain. Hell yeah, dude. No, it sounds epic. And congrats on doing such a fantastic job at the Eyes to Eat. Thanks for dropping in here uh, really quick. Obviously kind of short notice, but we really appreciate it. Um before we let you go, thoughts on what Ryan Sipes did and your maybe either expectations, lack of expectations, or just kind of like the, the buildup towards him being able to do that, especially, you know, kind of powering up against somebody like Daniel Milner, who's overall before, and this was like, this is his type of racing. So it's, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, again, it was a great experience to witness that. I've been a bunch of times. I've been there when Caselli's been there. 
you know, I was around when Dietrich was fast. I wasn't there, but I was around when watching Dietrich ride. And uh, I was there when Ty Davis got, you know, second overall. I was there when, you know, Rodney Smith got second overall. So I've seen a lot of really, really good performances. And just kind of what I noticed about Ryan, you know, is, is, is how level-headed he was the whole time and calm he was the whole entire time. There was no, like, pressure on him, it didn't seem like. Uh, he didn't, And he was just so consistent. You know, he didn't win every day. I think he only won one day. You know, the whole entire six days, but he was just really consistent the whole entire event. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he didn't even have the fastest time in, in the motocross, which everyone thought, you know, he's the fastest guy. Obviously, but he was just rode that race consistent and was stayed level the whole entire time. And, the you know, I've been to some events where uh, it's all grass track and really motocross orientated. But this event, you know, it was it was a true off-road event. They had a special tests that were motocross orientated they had special tests with grass tracks they had special tests that were roots and rockies they had ones with hill climbs they they pretty much threw everything off cameras they pretty much threw everything that you could see in an off-road event at us and then and, and he excelled was number one rider you know what can you say that's epic that's off to him he's not even on a factory motorcycle you know he's a support rider you know so yeah yeah pretty cool <laughs> and do you do you uh what bike were you on brian you know, I rode a I rode a two fifty two stroke. I rode a W. Okay. Uh, I usually ride a four stroke. I haven't rode a two stroke in since two thousand five or something like eleven twelve years. Uh, I bought it my own bike. There's a thousand dollar rebate. Uh, you know, I love the four strokes, but uh, something goes wrong. Like I don't, I can't really put my laptop and my fanny pack to work on the thing. You right. know what I mean? so, <laughs> so, so it kind of sucks. You know what I mean? There's really I kind of like stare at it and scratch my head if something was going to go wrong and. You know, some of the other riders, they had some problems with the electrical stuff. And I've had problems with my bike's electrical. So I'm, I'm going to ride a two-stroke. And, and I was expecting the event to be muddy and, and sloppy and ruddy because I, I did the six days in Poland in 95. And that's kind of where I learned how to ride mud ruts and stuff. And it was kind of <laughs> I knew it would be the same kind of terrain up in the mountains, ski resorts and rocky. And I just thought the two-stroke would be a good, good motorcycle to take there. You know, yeah. and uh, I can't say enough for that bike. And you, uh, some of my videos, you can just hear that bike. My bike was sounding sweet all week long. <laughs> FMF had that thing dialed. I've uh, got a fourth place start on the 40 man gate with everyone on 450s. Uh, and uh, all I did the whole entire week, I changed one set of brake pads. I didn't even change it. I rode the whole six days on one air filter. What? I yeah, I just wanted to do it just to prove, prove I could do it. I changed two pre skins the whole entire time. But I raced the whole six days on one air filter the whole entire event. So you had nine hundred mi- miles. You did. You did uh, <laughs> two pre skins and just pulled it off. What of two days and then two days? Yeah, exactly. Day after day four, I didn't even have to do anything because it started raining. Day four was perfect. Day five, it was wet all day, so it was perfect. And then I just pulled the pre skin off for day six for the final moto, so I could get that good start. And I was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be a badass. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, period. Just to, like, prove, just to prove to myself. Makes Watsy proud, of course, because Shane's a real low maintenance. But uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is epic. How cool would it have been if Caleb Russell would have been able to stay in it the whole time and won on a, an overall on a 250F? I mean, uh, it's not it as been, awesome as Shane Watts doing it on a 125, but I think it's pretty I, damn close. It was pretty damn close, and I think uh, – if he uh, would have got hurt, I definitely think he would have been in definitely the same contention that Ryan Sipes was in, and wouldn't have been a. It would have been a good, 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 great battle to the end. You know, I hope him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he still wins that national enduro championship. I think he has the GNCC pretty locked up, but uh, yeah. 
it's all part of the game. Unfortunately, it's it's a uh, it's a hard part of the season is right in the middle of a race series like that. But you know, I think uh, like I said, it's it's people are going there because not to get paid for that event, but actually just for the the competition and to see who's the you know we want to be the best. That's why we're competitors. We want to show that we're the best, and that's a chance not to show you the best in the in the U.S. That's to show that you're the best in the world. You know, Caleb's already proved that he's pretty much the best in the U.S. right now. So uh, he wanted to try and show you the best in the world, but uh, unfortunately didn't happen for him and and someone else prevailed and luckily it was an american right hell yeah yeah i love it well thank you very much for being on the show i'm uh, definitely gonna have to have you on again you are a character and i can tell you we like characters on this show so nice, nice. Yep. yeah it'll happen man well good luck with everything especially with your off-road training let us know how that's going if we're ever on the west coast we'll come get a couple tips from obvious uh from a badass that could probably Absolutely. teach me more than just a couple <laughs> things in life so i'm down man it'll be a fun time Cool, man. I appreciate you having it. And uh, thanks, Eric, for hooking it up, man, making it happen. No problem. <laughs> couldn't, think it, couldn't have thought of anybody better for a radio show. So, oh, or I think, you just, I think thing. he just called you ugly. I had to look my ugly mug, so it's all good. Online thing. You know what I mean. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate week. it, dude. <laughs> see ya. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. I'll uh, catch up to you guys, all right? Later. All right, see ya. Right, awesome. Man, see ya. Well, Eric, before we let you go, any last thoughts before we start closing it up? Uh, nothing. Just Ryan Sipes is a badass. Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly, after when you had him on the show last time, he was just talking about how he wasn't comfortable yet this year. He, you know, he had a couple good rides, a couple bad rides. So, I, I, it's not that I was counting him out. I just, really, I was like, Caleb's winning, whatever. And so, not whatever, but I mean, Caleb's winning, and Taylor's right there, and oh look, Sipes is doing good too. And and then it turned into the Ryan Sipes show, and it I was holy cow. He, I mean, I'm a believer now. <laughs> I, didn't, you know, I didn't. I wasn't not a believer, but I didn't expect it because he he's done really well, but not this well before. And you know, and I guess the cards were just in it for him. And and like I said, Ryan Sipes is a badass. Yeah, so. there's, there's never an asterisk in racing. I love that line. Yeah. Now that I've heard it, and that's it. I mean, like that's the thing is, it's like he did it period like yeah. he went out there and rode his heart off and just beat everybody in the world <laughs> everybody like, in the world period yeah and that's that's epic like, that's so awesome. and then so epic. and then won the final moto on top of it yeah <laughs> and that so. that that was expected for sure i mean that that needed yeah. to happen like he's got to do that and so yeah it's it's it was really cool to watch it sucked to have to do it from america yeah but you know yeah. what it happens and you can't spend well. money all the time to go overseas so <laughs> and if if that didn't happen, this ISD would have really sucked. But since yeah. that happened, right. it made it like, oh, well, all right, it's still great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't totally blow up all these bikes for, oh, all right, cool, Ryan sucks one. <laughs> on a Husky. <laughs> yeah, uh, on a 350, too. That's what's epic. Yeah, exactly. So it was a great event, and uh, looking forward to next year in uh, Spain. El so Spano. Cool. Are you going to try to qualify next year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but we all know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Just do like what I do and just enter and everybody DNFs maybe. I don't maybe. <laughs> I don't see myself getting to – like I want to go to a sprint. I mean if I can make it to the sprint enduro next year, yes. It would be like if you're like, Brian, come to Idaho and try to make it happen, it would be like, hell no. I'm just yeah. not – I'm sorry. Loved that race, but unless my dad makes the offer again where, that he's made, in, he's made in the past lately, but if he goes, hey, Brian – I'll drive the bike out there and I'll and, and I'll fly you. Like he'll pay to fly me out there. That means I don't have to pay for that. 
Like, this is the offer. Like, if that happens, I'd go do Idaho again. <laughs> Until that happens, I'm not making that drive, man. That drive <laughs> was horrible. Uh, well, what you got to do is you got to work it like me and turn it into a 30-day road trip. Now, that, that's what, what I did. That, that could that be was, way more cool. That would be I way came more back cool. with a dog. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's her I name? Got a dog? <laughs> no, I got a dog now. I don't. He's in the other room sleeping probably but yeah Licking i got a picked up a dog at the ranch in utah That's uh, so awesome. and we went to wyoming for the national enduro which is like the hardest race i've ever done in my life then it became a we like it was him and then we was a dog. The dog. Yeah, a dog. And then now, it's, now it's us that's what it was and he was playing with uh uh factor ktm and Stuart Baylord's dog, and it was, yeah. It was Name drop. Now, now they're having sex, the they've got kids, I'm like, now related to the Baylors somehow, it's an yeah. epic yeah. life, man. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, I, <laughs> Your dog is famous. Was, yeah, IC was good, and next year's going to be better, and then we're finishing up every, every series this year, so it'll be cool. I agree. Well, cool, man. We appreciate you coming on the show as always. It's been a long time, and I'm sorry for that. But, no, it's been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. It's good seeing you guys again. Um, I like this angle because you guys are right there. It's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> That's a good angle. All right, okay. Now, <laughs> now it's Taco Tuesday. That's why I can never make it. So Hello. Go. All right, go <laughs> eat. Thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it, man. All right. See ya. All right, so... An epic episode 180, I think. We did a yeah. pretty good job. So, are you going to try to qualify next year for the women's team? Next year, no. I'll still be in school. There's no way we will be but, able to afford anything like but that. But if there's like, a sprint enduro, like last this year, it happened kind of quick. There wasn't really time to prepare for it. you know. But, like, we get really excited there. when we can afford, like, a sit-down restaurant. Like $20,000. Well, no, but, I mean, going <laughs> to the sprint enduro oh, qualifier. Oh, qualifier. Okay. It's just over, you know, 17 yes. hour drive, maybe. Coop can do that asleep, literally. He lo- has before. Um, yeah, I would qualify. I think that would be fun. Would I go if we'd had like some epic fundraising? fundraising. <laughs> epic fundraising. Yeah. <laughs> All of it? I would love to go. That would be sweet. Yeah. I feel like I could be a pretty good women's team. Do the women not have to qualify anymore? They're handpicked as well. Uh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm assuming they are. I, I, I want to say that they're picked, but, but not, from the, not, not specifically from people that qualify. Right. Just picked. Picked. But yeah. I'd go on a club team if that if I could ever qualify on a club team, too, if I couldn't make it to the women's team. Yeah. That'd be cool. I went to a couple of That would be badass. That would be sick. It would. Cool. I'd love to try again. Like I, I you know, uh, very unprepared that first time. I know a lot more now, um, but at the same time, it's just harder. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in life, right, Stephen? Shake your head. <laughs> we, uh, it's just so much, so much stuff going on in life right now that I can, I can't. Like, there's very little things that I can commit to next year, and so that's that's the tough part. It's yeah. like. If it happens, it's going to be a lot of the same way that it happened for Eric, where he was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to qualify and see what happens. Yeah. It's not going to be, okay, cool, I'm going to try to qualify. So in January, yeah. you know, this is what my months look like leading up to. Right. Because it's, I'm going to try to go. It's, you know what, there's a qualifier, I'm going to go. If I if I qualify, that's awesome. Maybe one day I'm going to have the time to be able to afford to go. Yeah. That, yeah. Would, be, it, that would unfortunately have to be 
No, it's not a bad thing. It just that's kind of where the mindset would have to be. You'd have yeah. to really. You're not chasing the qualifiers, right? Yeah, trying it, to wouldn't, go. it wouldn't not be that. But I, I do think being able to fit a, you know, a full gas sprint enduro on the schedule next year would be fantastic. Yeah. And if it was the qualifier, I, I would prefer that, would that to be the one. Yeah. If we were to try to put that kind of a four day trip together. So I don't want to drive through the night with Cooper at the wheel and then drive home with Cooper at the wheel. I'd Cooper's ra- I'd rather go in the RV and take our time <laughs> and, you know, lollygag a little and shit. He would die in that situation. Like, it's go, go. We would pin it till we're there. The yeah, you would have to. Because he'd be like, <laughs> gotta get there right now. That's how we travel. Well, I, I can tell I you adjusted. that that RV does do 80. It probably shouldn't do 80 for Vero long, <laughs> but it does do 80. <laughs> now, that would be really cool to hit, to hit that qualifier. I like and it. All right. Well, we'll start talking we'll about that and see if we can make that kind of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had Creek Monster in the chat room talking about BG's a legend going Creek style on those fools in Slovakia. I don't know what Creek style is. Sounds cool. But I'm going to just say, let's just go with it. So, yes, Brian (laughs) Brian Garahan is a badass. We will try to have Ryan Sipes on next week to see if we can make up for uh, what happened this week. I do know that it's just got to be nuts with everything that's going on. He did amazing. I'm sure everybody wants to talk to him. Family wants to catch up, all that kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll chat with him soon. Of course, uh, what you guys can do, we got next week, this weekend, we've got GNCC Unadilla. So, it'll be Mm -hmm. cool to see how that goes. Obviously, uh, we hope things are good for For Caleb Caleb Russell. Yeah. Um, I'll try to check in just to see if I can get uh, part of the prognosis. You know, we it, yeah they get really secretive with that kind of stuff. So we'll see if we can talk about that. Uh, Black Hole National Enduro the weekend after that. There's all kinds of stuff going on, so it's cool. And then we're gonna have National Herons pick, National Heron Hounds picking back up. It's gonna be fun. Uh, reviews. So remember, if you would like to try to win some seat time koozies, make sure that you go give us reviews. Um, if you're gonna do so, that would be awesome. We do we prefer them on iTunes. Uh, have fun with it. Let me read this one again because this guy had a lot of fun with it. And he was honest. You just you got to love that. Good guest. Host is annoying. And I'm embarrassed for the guest at their times of awkward silence he creates. Glad someone is trying to promote off-road, however. How how awkward is it for you when I make you feel awkward? Um, is it, do you, Are you embarrassed? How can I... Like, what's a word that's more awkward than awkward? Epically like, awkward? Epically to, like, the farthest end of the scale awkward. But I keep coming back, so it's almost expected. I yeah, mean, like, I mean, I it would it would feel weird <laughs> if if it wasn't awkward. Like it'd be boring. It's because they don't know Brian. Yeah, that I mean, if they're sitting on the other side of the screen, they never met you before, and they're like, "This guy, you know, like, this was, is supposed to be serious." Yeah. So what's <laughs> no. funny though is I wonder how many people in real life talk to me all the time and stuff like that, and they go to their par- their friends or whatever. And they're like, "God, that guy's so annoying." <laughs> you need a <laughs> Host is annoying. Oh, I thought you were going to say in life. Like, I just need to walk around <laughs> with a disclaimer. <laughs> like a business card handed to people before yeah, you before talk to them. Before we start talking, we're like, I could be annoying. Yeah. P.S. Let me present this to you. You know, my weird. family thinks I'm annoying sometimes. So there's that. Just your family? No, I mean, everybody. They're they're honest about it, though. You're not annoying. You're just Jordan. Silence. You're just Jordan. That's why we get along well, because we're just kind of we're just awkward us. and We're weird. just us. All right, so we're going to continue to be annoying, but we're also going to try to promote off-road, however. However. 
So we do our best. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah, we definitely thank, thank, thank our sponsors for their support of Seat Time. Again, Fly Racing, flyracing.com, Kinda Tire USA at kindatire.com, and of course, Stillwell Performance at stillwellperformance.com. So thank you guys very much for your support. There is a little support section in the sidebar now if you'd like to go check that out. Easy, easy ways for you guys to use that. Of course, the Amazon link is probably the easiest. You click on that, shop on Amazon. Or there's the selfie, which selfie that you could use. Now, what's you cool is you, you use that link. Um, it's going to be in the show notes as well. Share that link and then go to the page, and then it automatically saves you like 40 cents. So it's like $1.59. So that's a great way if you're like, oh, $2. No, no. I'm not paying $2 for 15 minutes of off-road footage. That's ridiculous. Paste $1.60 by sharing the link out there. And that's like totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. That's way better than $1.99. That's 40 cents. That'll buy you like something. And then get yourself some reviews. Uh, do the best one. or read it on the show. And we'll get you some koozies. But of course, you're going to have to reach out because at that point, you're going to have to want them more than I'm going to want to give them. So yeah. we're going to have to just make that uh, <laughs> make that work. Of course, this is Seat Time. You can find us at seattime.co. It's the website. where we archive all the goodies. Lots of good stuff, Ashley. Rachel Gudis's blog from the ISTE. Yeah. If you haven't read any of those, those are out there. So go check those out. Of course, all the photo epics that we've been doing, which we're going to have another one coming up after October from a race that's not exactly moto related, but more on that as it develops. Thank you, Red Bull. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can find us on the Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, which is at seattime underscore co. On Instagram is at seattime. Please give us a like, a follow, a tweet, a handle, a, a whatever. Of course, we're now playing around with Periscope. So Hi. if you want to do that too, it's just the same old uh, at Seatime underscore CEO. That was fun. Uh, we'll probably do that a little bit more. So thank you guys for tuning in. Episode 180. We're going to be hitting 200 soon. Holy cow. Um, we're definitely going to have to plan something fun and dig and different and just mm-hmm. kind of goofy. Lots of mics, lots of people, lots of beer. Yeah. You can be sober. Thanks. The only one. The only one. That's fine with me. I'll survive. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. See ya. Peace.